I don't want to see your dick any more than you want to show it to me. So. Want to start the podcast? Let's start the podcast. Get butts, get butts, get butts podcast. Get butts, get butts, get butts podcast. Episode 177. Gearbuds podcast. My name is Henry. His name is Dave. Hey, and this is a real sing-songy episode of our podcast. Because uh, happy Sunday, buddy. Happy, yeah, we're doing this on a weird day. I just got back from a little vacay slash work vacay situation, and um, we're just we're just wrapping. So I figured, why not? Why don't we just get into it? Let's fire it up. Symphony of Corrections. Here's your weekly reminder that cables are toned tubes. Yes, they are. Thank you so much for listening to this weird. Thing that we like to we do. We did together. check that we're rolling as well. Right? I did a while ago. <laughs> okay. Yeah. I saw the uh, the black monitor behind yeah. you and I was like, let's just double check. I okay. we we've been we've been chatting long enough that that screen went black. That's right. And we're uh, warming up over here. Well, we're we're hot, 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 right. caliente. Follow us on the stuff, subscribe on the stuff, email us at the stuff, gearbudspodcast at gmail.com. And if you reach out, we will shout you out. Ooh. So do that. Um if I remember to look at the stuff, honestly, I haven't really looked at the stuff this week. We might have gotten some shout outs. Oh, I've shit. been, uh, I've been, I've been not in in the Americas. Uh, so uh, if you want to go buy some stuff from my reverb shop, I'm back in town. Just, I think only the Aria is left right now. Wow, gotta gotta throw some some stuff on mm-hmm. there. Um, so let's just get into it. But I went to Panama this week. Yeah, man, you look tan. Panama. Dun, dun, dun. Dun, dun. Actually, you know what? I there is a shout out. Shout out to our good friend Stephen Shirk for uh, t- texting me about the band Van Halen while I was in Panama. That's uh, so funny because uh, you know, of course, he, of course, that song was running in my head like half the time I was there. Why I didn't hear it once. The word just triggers the song. Exactly. I will say they're super into reggaeton. There, like okay. a lot of the music is built around reggaeton. I heard it. A, it's like a. I don't. I guess you'd call it a cover of snow's informer do you remember that song mm-hmm. informer in, with a reggaeton beat yeah. and it fucking slaps really <laughs> it was so good that was one of my like when i was a i think that came out when i was in like second or third grade i it was one of my favorite songs on the planet is the reggaeton beat the which yeah i it's not my favorite it's, uh, you get it when you know when it's when it's happening when you're in the you're, mood you're, yeah you can feel it dude. yeah 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 absolutely. Uh, it was weird i did actually at one point i was in, a, in an uber uh, heading back to my hotel and it was pretty late at night and just like ran, you know mostly just like i said reggaeton music coming on the music on the radio and stuff uh, and then hey there delilah oh uh, wow came out, which was like oh chicago band right there that's funny to hear shout out plain white tees man pwts i um sorry i need to take a little 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 sip there a little sippy uh no you know honestly that yeah this, so I, I talked to a lot of people their guitar they have they'll have a few stores that sell like new fenders or whatever sure but it's, it's not like there wasn't like an old like of that. you know vintage shop or a not a vintage not shop that i could even, find but like a you know just sometimes there's an old like antique store or like a pawn shop type of situation yeah exactly i i i'm sure that there was stuff like that that i didn't see yeah. but uh you know no, it's a, no like real real large stores there. pretty large place so it's a it's a big old country and i <laughs> got to see a small a wonderful beautiful part of it got to it seems like the a lot of the, the a lot of that stuff is uh through the sort of like tattoo shop culture there's like a there are a lot of cool spots that yeah that, and a lot of you know it seems like that's where if i were if i were to try to live there i think that's where a good place to like meet like-minded individuals would be i was told that even for like giant amazing apartments the rent is just like 
crazy cheap, like really? five hundred bucks a month kind Whoa. of deal. Yeah, so it's it is a pretty uh, it's tempting. Yeah, I mean, I could I could I could see spending a little time there. Um, but you know, I, I do want to say like if we can get sort of dorky and spiritual for a second, dorkier and spiritual for a second. Uh, I, you know, I, I was reminded actually, I, and I watched on the, on the flight home, a little documentary about this too, about creativity and such, uh, and like the, the, the part the mind plays in it. And, uh, I do feel like getting, and I, and I believe truly and based on research, it shows that getting, just getting out of your normal place, really the place where you spend your time oh, mentally yeah. and physically that 100 because of the way your brain works it will inspire new sources of creativity i'm already feeling super excited to be around my guitars and stuff again like Uh, kind of try to play something new and see i love to hear that man i need that because my life is literally working from home i come here to do the podcast and i go to the rehearsal space once a week dude i'm i'm i get it i'm with you man we get in these routines and it's like they're great that's how life is Mm -hmm. i guess you know for for most of us it is how it goes but it, it's that's I, I was reminded of the importance of just taking a little time somewhere yeah. else. And it doesn't know? even have to be another country, too. You know? it, absolutely I mean, it not. Be, you know, go it, to it a new could place be in your city. 50 miles away or something. Go for like a, go yeah. for a walk in a different park. Or, right. You know, and it, some, whatever it, these it's it's it is easier to shake up our routines than we think. And I th- and, and I'm 100 percent reminded of how important that is. I'm just nice. I'm feeling good. You seem I, fresh. I feel fresh. I feel, you know, I got some I got some sun. I got to, you know, just have some great times, meet some, meet some new people and even, but spend a lot of time with myself too yeah. at the freaking, at the ocean and the freaking Panama yeah, Canal that's and cool, stuff. Man. So hopefully I write a whole bunch of Panamanian inspired music. You should. Coming some out. of the reggaeton beat. Yeah, I might. I've got a bunch of, I've got some electronic songs sitting there. Kick it. A uh, couple things I want to get into, you know, and, I, and I've decided, um, let's just, you just had a recording re, uh, session experience. I, Speaking I, of Stephen Schur, if I sound a bit hoarse, it's because I was singing in my pipes last. So night. last night you were at Shirk Studios. Speaking what, of Shirk, speaking of Steve Shirk, yeah. man. Uh, shout out Steve Shirk and Greg Pansier. Gregers. Um, yeah, my band went to go. We 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 decided to pull the trigger, and we did what we can do at our space. We decided to see what we could do at a real studio. Uh-huh. And uh, Shirk Studios here in Chicago. Lots oh, of very real studio. Fuck, dude. It is so beautiful. Have you been in this new studio? Oh, yeah. I've, I, did a, I did a session there. Okay, cool. Yeah. So you know the layout and everything. Um, I've been to his old studio yeah. in like 2007. The, um, which was like in oh, my, it was behind my neighborhood. Yeah, like, yeah, exactly. In River West. Yeah, yeah. right. Um, which is so funny. And I didn't get a chance to see him. Greg, I, Greg, got, uh, Greg. Um, Jay got there early and met Greg. Yeah. And uh, Steve was there. Nice. And he was like, oh, Steve's here, man. You should come by. And I was like, I hadn't even like jumped in the shower yet. Yeah. I knew it was going to be like a 12-hour day. And I was like, ah, I'm still like getting ready. So he I shot probably, I did know, shoot probably, over He probably there. shows up just to like turn everything on. He did. And make sure That's it's exactly all, what yeah. he did. He kind of turned everything on, you know. Um, and I think he just kind of took off, you know. But... Uh, Dude, it was it was really fun going into like a real. St- I haven't been to like a real real studio mm-hmm. in so long, man. Like I'm talking like you know everything's set up for you. Um, that big old beautiful Sphere recording console, dude. That's let's talk about that Sphere recording yeah. console for a sec. I mean, I I I don't really know much about recording consoles, but yeah. uh, that one was really nice. It was really cool. And according to Greg, he's like he's like you know the big guys they can charge a lot more money for like those big expensive boards and mm-hmm. desks and stuff. He's like, this is actually a really good, it's not a budget whatsoever. It's, it's, it's for a giant, like world-class console. A, they're more affordable, more affordable. Than and or, uh, and there was, yeah. And the sounds that were coming through that thing, I'm just like, yeah, I get why people go to studios. You mm-hmm. know, you just get that extra running through the board sound and running through the board <laughs> yeah, sound. Man. So you, how many songs did you do? Uh, so we did. So uh, the idea was we wanted to get drums, right? Mm-hmm. Because 
we can do guitars, we can do, you know, bass. Um, obviously, you can do any of that stuff anywhere. But we can only do drums in our practice space. Yeah. So we know what those sound like, and we wanted to see how far we could push it. So Jay got there early, set up drums, and we basically said, we're going to track live. So isolated bass, isolated guitar, drums live, and we're all in the same room facing each other. Do you use DI? A bass was straight DI. Yeah. I couldn't believe the tones we got out of it. DI's By the, the way, shit, the star of the show might have been that uh, Meridian Synthiv. Ooh. Dude, I'm not kidding you. And Greg was like, what the fuck is this pedal? Mm-hmm. And I'm like, and it, I've only heard it through my amp, really. And, you know, through some of the recording I've done just through like the focus, right? Yeah. Dude, hearing this thing like through the board, just through DI, P bass, DI. I think he was using a Neve. You went straight uh, Peebles on this one? A Neve, no, no like, J bass? A Neve preamp, you know, was probably running into. Well, it was going into the console. Yeah, but there was like another like. Well, there was a DI. A, a, so whatever that was. It was the, the DI yeah, was. Neve oh, DI okay, box okay, or something. Cool. It was like a, a fancier DI yeah. box. But, um, dude, and he's like, we're not even, I mean, this tone is insane. I'm like, it's, it's the P-Bass, man. It's, just, it's the people. That thing's a little magical. But this fucking pedal. I think it's the guy twickling that It might have been the bone tone. Who knows? But, like, this fucking pedal, dude, hearing this thing with, like, through those real monitors and just, like, oh, my God. So they're, are they, they're soffited, right? Does he, does he have monitors built? He's got monitors built in the wall, or are they just? No, they're on, on, the, on console, the console. But th- that whole console was custom made yeah. up to be built around the desk and all of Which, his folks, stuff. Which, folks, by the way, if you want to learn everything there is to know about that console, you can go back and listen to episode, insert episode number here, <laughs> when uh, our good friend and owner of the studio, Steve Shirk, was on. So yeah, GearbudsPodcast.com. I think it was, like, 40-ish something, and something maybe. Yeah, it was a, it was a long time ago. 40 and 60. Yeah, you can, you'll find it. Um, just scroll through the website search it but anyways um so that was fucking cool so yeah that pedal was great because i love i love having something where i bought that thing sight unseen i, I like it but i've never been insanely crazy about it yeah. i almost thought i thought about bringing the microsynth just because that was the original tone i used for that song yeah. and we i didn't i just brought that and greg actually reminded me in the morning to bring it and i was like dude it's already packed up it's on brother but um the the tone was insane it almost it just sounds like a the low end of a synth, like an old Moog or something yeah. like that. It's just that really like dirty, just bleh, with the octave and everything. Oh, I remember seeing you guys playing those songs that you used live yeah. with that thing with that pedal, and I those are my fave tones. Yeah, of the so Eve. Uh, you you can't Wait, buy you, one. So you didn't tell me you, the. Uh, yes, uh, I asked you how many songs you guys were doing. Yes, you're right. I got off base. Uh, so we did two full songs: mm-hmm. um, vocals, overdub guitars. And obviously drums, and then we had. Wait, so I th- you weren't just getting drum tracks? You decided to go with, and do the whole shebang. So, well, we performed live, and yeah. we're like, you know, if it's a good scratch, you know, bass take or right, guitar yeah. take. So luckily, the two uh, first ones had uh, the bass was perfect on them. One oh. take, no big deal. I think we did about two or three takes of each song, so we didn't want to burn out. Mm-hmm. You know, I think that's important too when you go to the studio. And you know those songs inside. Oh yeah, already. all we do is rehearse. I yeah. mean, that's literally like what we do once a week. Plus, we were rehearsed these extra hard the night before, just knowing that we were going to be in there. We don't want to waste time, yeah. which I highly recommend. Don't show up in a studio and like not know what the fuck you're going to do. Have a game plan. Be prepped. Then we had two more songs um, that we recorded drums for. Mm-hmm. Uh, again, did like two or three takes. I think we'll redo the bass and the guitar and everything like that. So those will sit back. Um, obviously, the just vocals let them trickle. Do. Two singles. We have time. You know, we we dropped a little coin last night. So yeah. I'm not going to lie. It's uh, I'm hurting in the wallet section a little bit right now. Well, well, it's, hopefully it, it sounds good. So wait, is Greg going to mix oh, all yeah. this stuff now then? is that? Is and that, I think he was kind of mixing on the fly yeah. as we were tracking and mm-hmm. stuff like that. Um, the Les Paul made a big debut. I saw a picture of Chardon yep. playing that. Just rocking it. Um, Love that. It, you know, it worked perfect for like this one song. And then it, you know, then his jazz master worked great for other songs. Playing with tones. Courses uh, for courses. Guess what amp we used? I'm going to guess a Vibrolux. Vintage Vibrolux. <laughs> uh, and 
when Chara did overdubs, they also had a vintage uh, basement that mm-hmm. we used. So mid sixties, uh, I think, well, or it might be a reissue. I, that that makes me excited because I, I we I I'm, as, I'm documented it. on the podcast as that being my first favorite guitar tone that I've ever like heard or played. Dude. in person that because and it was it was early on in my playing crew mm-hmm. and steve had that amp and i was like i got to record through it and it was just that was the it was so crunchy and was the sound um, we added a little bit of reverb to it yeah just a little splash just a little splash nothing crazy because that's just kind of his tone you know charlie's tone was it is it a 65 or 66 it's around there yeah. yeah i don't i didn't date mm-hmm. it but it's that mid 60s yeah. era you know black panel yep and uh so that there was a balthazar amp there yeah we what does he have? The film noir. We didn't 18? use it. Yeah, yeah. We didn't use it. Um, but it was there. Yeah, it looked great. It's wonderful. Uh, but you know what it was? We right when we plugged in, we we're like, "That's the tone." Like we didn't need to mess with anything. Now I was really curious about one amp that I uh, I had never heard before, and they have a Wem. The Wem. That's right. And we plugged it in. So while Jay was setting up drums, uh, Greg was like, "If you guys want to go in like the kitchen, that's where the isolated." Uh, amp was anyways mm-hmm. for the guitar he's like just go direct kind of plug your pedals in kind of make sure you like the tones and everything oh and remind me about water slide guitars too because oh love water slide we, guitars. we messed with one of those and that might have one of the coolest tones i've ever heard in my entire life what what, what is he which water it's slide the telecaster style with the does it uh, have the big weird pickup yeah yeah the big weird pickup in the bridge and then at the neck was kind of just like a probably like a gold foil style yeah, dude, those are dude cool. but it was lightweight it played fucking perfectly it was set up perfectly of course, then I went on reverb and I was like, "What's up with water slide yeah. guitars?" There were three for sale. One's in France. Like CME has them. Yeah. Well, I could probably not right now, but yeah. They carry as far as like listings on reverb, the, although I will say the actually now I think about water slide would usually move pretty quick. Yeah, one there because mm-hmm. they're yeah they're they're on the more expensive side of like the fendery kind of thing. Yeah, but they have that crazy pickup and they they they're all awesome. They, oh my god, it played so it's like. We, it sounded so open and alive. It was very mm. strange. It was just like, I mean, you know, Charlie's guitars are great. Yeah. Even the Les Pauls is fantastic. But there was something like like open sounding about that, if that makes any sense. Would you, if you were presented the opportunity to swap your Paisley Telly or Strat, Strat for the Telly? For the water slide? No. F- well, okay. Oh, Some for question. a Telecaster. I was say, for, the, for the same Paisley Telecaster. Oh, yeah. Would you do it? No, I'm a Strat guy more than a Tele guy. I think. What about for a water slide? That's a tough one. Yeah, because with the, I mean, it is a vintage Paisley. Like they're they're right around the same price right now. Yeah, to right. be honest, because uh, I think those water slides used are in the two K range. I don't know what they charge for a brand new. Bill. They're probably. I would say they're probably more even more closer to three. Yeah, the, the ones I saw were like twenty one. But yeah. then there's like shipping and stuff like that. You know, all that fun stuff. So yeah, the mid mid twos. What would what would you say? Uh, what about for that specific? I don't know for, for that his. specific. No, I mean you know me, dude. I'm. I kind of get attached to stuff, you so do? it'd be yeah. hard. But to buy one, I mean, Charlie's like, dude, I'll fucking buy one of these. Like, this is yeah. awesome. So that was cool. Um, so we plugged direct into the Vibrolux, and right away we're like, this tone is fucking amazing. Shion. Now, I will say when we were doing some overdubs, we had the basement right next to it. We brought all that to the live room. We're in the control room. Charlie's in the live room, so he can kind of switch back and forth and you know listen to it through the speaker. Mm-hmm. And the Vibrolux did get a little ice picky a borderline high end for mm-hmm. some of the just for some of the songs yeah. like it just didn't work for everything um and then you know he was switching back and forth between the jazz master and les paul um so we had a really we had a nice variety of everything to and, and I, when you when it comes to mixing time you would rather have that high end that you can 
toned down, which yeah. you'll probably want to do anyways. Yep. Then have to like boost it. You up. can't bring it up if it's not so, there, right? I, I think I think you guys did pretty good. I can't wait to hear this. When um when yeah. do I get to hear a little? I know. I'll, I'll send you some some. Do you, oh, do you already have like a little rough mix? No, I don't. Oh. He was asking us. I think we were just wiped by yeah. the end of the thing because if anybody who's ever been in a twelve-hour session, you're just like you're over. You it. can't hear your. You eyes can't hear don't your eyes hurt. Yeah. Your ears fell off. Um. So yeah, it was kind of like it's one of those things where he's like, "Do you have a hard drive? I'll upload some stuff now." And we're like, "We'll just email you tomorrow." Like we just kind of wanted to leave and get home and stuff. Mm-hmm. I think Greg did too. I think we were all pretty burned out. So, um, man, that's so exciting. But it's fun, man. And it was you know, it's one of those things. Look, I I'm not crazy about like spending money. You know, when especially when we have our own setup, I'm just being 100. I know, honest I know what you mean. Yeah, you you feel like you have the ability to record and do that stuff, and have invested a bit of cash into that anyway. So it's like, yeah, you know, when you have that access to that, it's hard to. In my mind as well, man, I'm with you to to sort of rationalize spending on something like yeah, that. Yeah, and especially, I mean, I feel like our podcast and probably the demographic of people who listen to this are similar to what we do. You know, home recording setups yeah. and trying to like optimize that. You know, but again, it's one of those things where I, you can't pay. I can't pay to like just learn how to use all that stuff exactly right. I mean, you, you watch Greg work and it's like he's a madman in there, dude. Mm-hmm. He's turning knobs and fucking editing and like doing all this stuff. And I'm like, yeah. And it's also nice to just not have to do it myself. Like we go in and all I have to do is put headphones yes. on and I go, oh, they're like, there's your little DI, you know, your little uh, mixer for like, you know, the, you know, the blend of like your the headphone click, amp, yeah. headphone amp thing. So I, that's all I have to do. And then just perform. And mm-hmm. there is something that is kind of priceless about not having to like run back and forth and hit stop and record. I and desperately miss that feeling. Yeah. I haven't had a recording where I didn't record it and I couldn't even tell you how long. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, dude, that's what I was saying. Like I haven't done this in, I mean, we, we used to, we went up to CJ's who's also been yeah. on the, uh, on the pod, but that was probably 2018 or something. Mm-hmm. And, and you know, again, that's, he has his own quirky little setup and it's kind of limited, but this was, this is a real fucking studio with That's right. grand pianos and fucking any kind of, any kind of anything you would want. Dude, the wall of pedals that are in the control room that he's got, I mean, you know, vintage big muffs and fucking old electro harmonic stuff and just really cool boutique shit. But no freaking Meridian Synthiv, I'll tell you what. I bet if he, I bet if, if uh, Steve would have heard that, he would offer me fucking money well i'm sure he'll, i'm sure i'll check out what happened in he'll this probably studio. Hear, he'll you're, pro- a mix, you're a mixy poop he'll check too. the tapes are have you decided if you're gonna do a separate mastering um i think we'll probably just have greg master yeah. it too yeah uh that's fine with me mm-hmm. you know i look i we've talked about mastering um i know there's an art to it for sure mm-hmm. and i know you can go deep in the rabbit hole of how to master and the in the best practices but at this point and kind of like in our lives we're like greg worked on it he mixed it he can master Just it. Make it how he, wants. he yeah. knows how to make it sound good mm-hmm. at this point. So cool, man. Um, dude, I'm fucking happy. It was it was cool to talk I'm happy about too. it. It's, it's happy. It makes me happy to hear you. I feel refreshed. Yeah. I feel really like even I was texting the guys this morning. I was like, man, I'm I'm really glad we made that decision. Me too. I, you guys, you guys, do you you have you have a nice thing together. I like the way that you all have sort of similar, but there there is a, there is a common thread among each of you in the way that you play. But you all sort of kind of approach the band in a different way that i that i and i it's cool it's i like it it's it's kind of sexy and swaggery and Thanks, there's a little bit of um i don't know it's like a it's like a, a just like a cool you guys are cool I thanks think. man yeah. wow i think that's the first time anyone's ever told me that before yeah, I, like I, I will say one last thing um part of the reason we did this um was because jay really pushed for it he was like i really really want to go to a real studio and of course like, we're like pay for it motherfucker well right but we're also like all right well you know 
sell us on it. And mm-hmm. one of the things he said was he's like the first thing he said was I've never recorded in a real studio. Well, there it is. And yeah. I was like, wait, you like because he's such a good drummer. Who, no, Jay. I mean, he's a phenomenal drummer. He's yeah. a total pro. And there can be something that happens when you go to a studio. You can get the yips. I mean, Ooh, yeah, baby. you can stop. You know, those takes just aren't coming out right. Something weird. You're in a different room. There's mm-hmm. pressure. There's a click track. Dude, Jay was like so fucking pro. He was dead. After the four songs, he was done. Like he hung out, but he was like, I'm not doing anything for the rest of the day. Mm-hmm. I'm just hanging out. But uh, dude, yeah, I mean, we nailed everything in two to three takes. So it was it was fucking refreshing, dude. Oh, so shout out to Jay wait. for just being a total and, and we all know how good Greg is, so I can't wait to oh my God, what, what kind of mix is gonna come out. I wouldn't his, you know, honestly, I mean we've, we've interviewed some geniuses on this show, but like we got one, we gotta have Greg on. Yeah, we gotta we gotta do maybe to have starts maybe do we always threaten to having guests again, but then it's yeah. like we kinda just really like doing our podcast. I know, I know. But it would be fun just It'll to be so good. talk shop. And people with him. like a lot people approach us and ask to do it, and I just I just like Yeah. We maybe yeah. Let's but now o- we're let's back open in, the doors. We're let's back in person. Frame. We could get him over here. I or think something. so. I would love to do that. Um, and also, uh, yeah. I mean, you know, I think it's just uh, it'd be fun to just sit around and talk shop. Maybe we can do something closer to like one of the releases of a single and be we have could, Greg on. We and could talk have about the song. We could do. We could do it for the release. We could do of a the debut song. on the show. Done. That'd be so cool. Done. So yeah, man. Thanks for asking about it. It was yeah. fucking. It was. That's it was we super have. Fun. We have a gear podcast. Of course, we're going to talk about Dave's fun, and sexy if, studio. Honestly, weekend. and I, I can't promote it enough. If anyone's local and wants to record in Chicago, oh. Shirk Studios. At least look into Even it. Even if you're not local, freaking move, yeah. move here, which and people then do. Do it. Fly here and get an Airbnb for the weekend and check it out. Herberbers. So. Uh, one more thing, actually, in the uh, freaking. Uh, symphony here before we get to the old my favorite time of the day uh, but uh, Universal Audio has a couple exciting announcements really? for the nerdier among us uh, first of all new up, there's a new update so you can go out go update your console and uh, control applications uh, with that comes for logic users at least finally categorize plugins meaning before it would just be like a single folder that had all of your UAD VSTs or AXs or however you have them, right. you know, whatever whatever format, but not like reverb and delay and preamp or whatever. It was it was almost kind of a real pain in the butthole to actually look at your Universal Audio plugin list yeah. in Logic and, it, and and frankly in a lot of DAWs the way that they have it organized. But now with the new update, Logic users get freaking categorization, so you can just look at the delays and it's boom, they're all right there. Dude. Uh, also, and this is a pretty big deal, there is now finally native M1 support for Luna. I can't believe it took this long to get there. I mean, M1, the Apple M1 chip has been out for a year, at least a year. I mean, yeah, right, at least because I'm trying to think when I bought like I bought my my Mac mini when the M one had just come out, but I couldn't get the M one yet because it, it just wasn't worked with compatible, it. Yeah. And so they figured that it out. It had to have been like a year ago. And, but yeah, now finally, I should and, and, say, and we no. can assume there, there may be some bugs still cause it just came out. Yeah, I think, and I'll be, I'm pretty sure people have just like been using it anyways okay. unofficially. Okay. So it worked. It just, wasn't I think, like I think that was kind optimal. of the deal, but it wasn't working correct. Like a hundred percent correctly, yeah. but now it is fully okay. supported and they'll okay. do like troubleshooting and yada, yada, yada. So about damn time, about dang time and about dang time that I can finally freaking maybe get my, well, I have, I guess I have an M1 MacBook pro, but that's my work computer. I want to, I want a personal machine. I, they're just so much faster, dude. They're yeah. so much fucking sicker. I've decided I'm going to upgrade my laptop this year. Absolutely. It's time. Yeah. Do write it off, bro. Oh, that, that's the plan. Yeah. That's the plan. <laughs> <laughs> I'll probably I'll probably still go use. I don't know if I can afford a new M1, but uh, I'll probably still just buy something a little oh, more. Oh, they're so... Dude, the, that, they're, it's, this, that laptop right there, it's which is awesome. 
they're not even that expensive. I mean, yeah. that's I don't know. That's the whatever thirteen inch MacBook Pro, and it's right. It's, just, it does everything. It's, I think it's only we've got like sixteen gigs of RAM in there. It's not like it's. Yeah. I mean, my my freaking this Mac Mini is sixty four gigi biggies in, of RAMs in there. Right. So it's not just the RAM that, that makes no. It faster, it's, yeah. dude, it's the one hundred. That's what I'm saying. I can sort of do almost like an, a like for like comparison in a lot of ways, and the processor just blows it away. That's awesome. I can't say, and it's they're cheaper. They're cheaper than the Intel pieces. So wow. whatever. Anyways, that's that. That's this new. is this. Dave. Dave, Dave, Dave. I want to preface this one by saying yes. I forgot to mention this gentleman last week when we talked when about we talking about what the uh, the Taylor Hawkins tribute show. Mm. There was a there was a gentleman on stage. Yes, uh, a few times throughout the the performance the performances. Mm. And I looked him up during the performances, and I think because my notes were so long, I like accidentally skipped over him. Well, let's get back to it. You, I think you're going to know who he is, okay. but he's the fourth member of them Crooked Vultures. Do you know oh, who I'm talking Alan about? Oh, Johannes. Yes. Yeah. Are you a fan? I am a fan. So I didn't really know about this guy, and I feel shitty because now I do, and I didn't. Hey, and man. That's what we're here for. We're, we're here always to learn. learning. Let's talk about well, it. So he's is got there a, a documentary? He's got a fucking documentary. When did it come out? Uh, 2016. Okay. Um, it's called Unfinished Plan. Um, and Alan Johannes, his name's actually spelled Alan, A-L-A-I-N, but it's pronounced Alan. Yeah. Um, it's on Tubi, which is a free documentary site. Sign up for the tubes. And you don't even need to sign up, but there are commercials which kind of bring it down a little yeah. bit. So you'll have to watch some like Tide commercials and shit like that. <laughs> Bounty. He's a Chilean-American uh, musician. Uh-huh. Insane guitar player. Grew beautiful, up, beautiful bald head. Yeah, beautiful bald head. His uh, his uh, family was all musicians. Mm-hmm. His uncle taught him to play guitar. He left uh, he left Chile when he was like three, and he came over to L.A., and then he lived with his uncle. His uncle got him his first guitar, showed him a few chords, and that was basically it. And I think his uncle kind of like had a recording studio, like a home studio type situation, so he kind of grew up with music. His dad was a famous Chilean singer. Oh, wait, I did not yeah, know that. Yeah. Um, Danny Chilean. That was literally the guy's wow, really stage name. It, yeah. yeah. <laughs> His mom was a singer too. Um, so that was cool. So this is an, this is a cool doc. It's it's it tugs at your heartstrings a bit. Uh, do you know about the band Eleven? I know that, that was his band. I and and I think I, there was one song that I knew at one point, but yeah, I, I, I had heard of them off the top of my head. I had heard of them, but he uh, they're on some compilation that I had for. for yeah, they had some big hits. Yeah, and it was him and his uh, partner. Oh, okay. And uh, her name was Natasha. Uh-huh. And so they had this band and I think they were in a few other bands. They showed, they showed some stuff from the eighties, which was like so cheesy. Like oh, wow. she's playing like a guitar and stuff, Love that. but she was a great musician too. Um, and sadly she passed away. Uh, oh, I did not know that in like 2010. Shit. And so, ba- but this is the crazy part. So they, they kind of had the spiritual thing where they, the, the name was 11. They always saw things in 11s, like whether it was like seven and four you know, and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And like they showed like in their house, you know, all these like things that represented 11 and like the equal sign if you turn it sideways and that kind of stuff. Uh, this is crazy because she was diagnosed with cancer in 2008. She, uh, they never finished their last record, but she passed away 11 months after the diagnosis. She passed away at 11, 11 a.m. No, way. I'm not fucking joking, dude. That's it's so sad. Unbelievable. And it's, it's unbelievably sad. Um, but to bring it back up a little bit, um, he basically moved out to the, uh, Rancho de la Luna studio, mm-hmm. which is the Joshua tree studio, which is famous for Kaya's Foo Fighters, Arctic Monkeys, Queens of Stone Age. Those desert sessions. 
Yeah, fucking awesome. There's a documentary on that studio, by the way. Mm-hmm. Um, if you you know if you're if you're so inclined, but he basically was just like, I need to go to the desert. I gotta like clear my head. So he, I think he just like lived at the studio and just helped people produce and probably did some stuff himself. He did a solo record in 2010, which was kind of his love letter to his wife, and it's beautiful, man. I actually mm-hmm. listened to it on the way over here. Oh wow. Um, because I realized, I was like, I, they played a lot of the songs during the documentary. And I was like, this is great. He definitely has, his vocals have, he's got a great voice, but his vocals do have this like hint of Josh Holm in it, like where he's like, just kind of the cadences and like the tone. But uh, all, I, you know, I haven't really listened to like all of his, yeah. I, I've heard things, obviously, them, them Crooked Vultures, things he's contributed to, but I've never really listened to a lot of solo stuff. So yeah. I need to do yeah, that. Yeah, it's great. It's called Spark, I believe is the name of the record. And so there's interviews throughout the documentary. Chris Cornell's in it, which is kind of sad, too, because yeah. he passed away. Um, uh, Alex Turner from Arctic Monkeys mm-hmm. talks in it, and uh, a lot of Josh Homme in it, too, which is sad, because I think him and Josh were really close, and you know, Josh's talking about his wife, and he gets really choked up, and it's it was interesting to see that kind of like softer side of him, right. you know, too. So, um, so that was fucking badass. Uh, then it's kind of, it kind of goes upwards. He, in 2010 he decides he hasn't been back to chile since he was three and in 2010 he goes there with queens of the stone age to tour oh cool and they're basically like they're fucking destroying and but people already know like who he is like he's like getting pictures taken and like he's like this hometown hero kind of guy that's there. so amazing. so it's so fucking cool so he's kind of taken his career since then and i think he's moved he's bought a house there and i think he lives there and he performs like solo acts there and you know, he plays like songs off that album and you, I mean, they're playing it like the whole crowd knows all the words. It's fucking cool. So, um, and he is, he really is. I mean, he does a bunch of stuff, but he is a really good guitar player. Virtuoso level. Incredible just style. Yeah. It, he's kind of one of those guys that adds stuff where mm-hmm. you're like, Oh, I didn't realize we could put that part right there. <laughs> you know? And like yeah. in that weird way where it's just like, um, yeah, it was just like phenomenal. Like whatever he adds is always just like phenomenal. Like you don't see him playing a lot of like just straight ahead chords and no, stuff like that. No, that's not his. That's he's, not anybody can do that. That's not what very he's much there a for. lead melodic kind of kind of player. Um, some fucking awesome gear. And I'm Dude, let's sh- hear some gear spot. I'm shocked they haven't made a signature of this yet. Uh oh. His main guitar, which you'll see him playing in the Taylor Hawkins performance, is a black pre CBS Jazzmaster mm-hmm. with the pickups ripped out and his humbuckers in it. Mm-hmm. And that's like his main thing. I actually looked it up cause I wanted to read more about it. So guitar player did an interview with him. He's talking about it and he's like, I just always go back to this guitar. I've got Les Pauls. I've got all this other stuff, but the Jazzmaster with the humbuckers works for him. So mm-hmm. that's what he rocks. But they did show him in some earlier stuff playing a white one with, yeah, dude, that's a good call. Cause I mean, Troy Van Leeuwen has one, a signature jazz yeah. master. They might as well round it out. Get, get uh, Alan going. That's too. a good point. Yeah. Yeah. And it would be cool to just see like the one with humbuckers in it to be like, oh, that's totally different. Yeah, because you know? I mean they've done those like Mexican series, like a Jaguar. Yeah, or like H-A the pawn shop series. Of, exactly. Ones. Yeah. Yeah, and those are cool, but it's kind of like, and they do the Jaguar, but Jaguar is a shorter scale mm-hmm. neck, so it's not really the same instrument. That's right. So this was fucking cool, but then they showed him with a black Jazzmaster with stock pickups, like in an earlier photo, and I was like, I wonder if that's the same Did guitar, he and he out? just like tore him out because they were like, fuck it. Yeah. Um, he's playing this cool like an old harmony at one point, like a three pickup. Uh, semi-hollow and then what's a really interesting one that they open up with him playing in the dock is this cigar box ukulele eight string thing oh yeah yeah, and yeah. it's on the cover of his album uh-huh. too and it's all through the album you can hear it it's really like the kind of like tenory kind of weird i don't even know how to describe it but it's electric so it's like right. louder and um the story behind that which they didn't tell until almost the end of the movie so i'm glad i watched the whole thing but that was a cigar box that was on his wife's piano for like 10 years 
So when they would play and perform together, yeah. you know, at their house, it was just on the Vibrating on top of the on upright of the piano. piano. And just as the box, not you know, and then he, I guess he was like, "All right, I'm going to put a neck mm-hmm. on this thing, make a guitar." So that's, that was I. Had, I did not know that. That's really fucking so cool. cool. I know, dude. Also, when uh, in, <laughs> randomly in them crooked vultures, yeah, one of it like for a number of songs, he would use a rogue bass. Like no the, shit. Like uh, like the knockoff Hoffner. Uh, yeah. A really, ro- a rogue. Yeah, when I when I saw them, and and I've seen a bunch of pictures and stuff of it. Oh, was he playing reason. bass like when JPJ would do like keys, keys or something? I, like yeah, that JPJ thing? will do like that like weird slide neck. Yeah, thing or, or, or it might even be. I there honestly, I think there might have even been a song where they're both playing. dueling basses. Yeah, dude? Hell yeah, yeah. Dude. yeah. The guy's a virtuoso musician. I I felt bad because I, I I mean I've seen him before in like pictures mm-hmm. and stuff, but um I looked him up once I watched that Taylor Hawkins thing because I was like, who the hell is this guy? Yeah. And uh, yeah, and there's lots. And why of Why is he doing all this awesome stuff on stage all the time? Yeah, and it's just kind of interesting how he's kind of been this side guy, like mm-hmm. this whole thing. But he has a solo career, so definitely check his record out. I will say one thing, because um, I just have to, because we're gearbuds. We are. There was a point where he was playing his solo thing at this festival, and it's like sold out, and people are going nuts. And I think they're opening for Queens of the Stone Age because he he put a band together too to like back. Okay. It. So he's got you know he's got his guys, all Chilean uh, musicians. They're all like good friends and stuff. So that was kind of cool to see. But he's playing a damn. Uh, he had a damn clip-on tuner at the top. Of oh, I know, on, dude. On the, ja- on the, the jazz, jazz master. master. <laughs> it made me kind of sad. Oh, but we're the gear buds. We, we haven't laughed about that in a minute. Yeah, yeah, it's just a wart on the top of your headstock. Oh yeah, it's a pimple on. And your, you know what's kind of funny nipple. to me? I've I tried using one at a show once, and to me, it's just not a good live tuner because there's so much reverberation in the room. Yeah. I can imagine at a festival, it's the same thing where like, you know, the drummer's like checking like the kick drum and like, how are you tuning on a little buzzy, you know, a tuner that feels I don't vibration? Know. Yeah, that's it. That's a, it's but always a good point. If it works for him, I guess they're not that bad. I know they're still bad. Also, I mean, I, I love that. He's he's a, an incredible musician that I look up to, but I can still fucking say those are lame as shit. Yeah. You know? Also, maybe use it, but then take it off. Like, just don't pop it off. Don't play. Pop you're it not in your pocket. You're tuning during the show. Uh, there was a really nice uh, part where they're in the studio in uh, Joshua Tree, and he's playing a nice Les Paul custom. Reminded me of yours. Would you, would you be okay with it if you could just have one that just like sort of like stuck to the back of the headstock? We're still talking the tuner? Like, <laughs> <laughs> I, I tried to move on. Could, like you couldn't, like if you maybe, if it's like, not clipped on you know what i mean yeah if it's just like if it's just like somehow like maybe just like a little circle between like the tuners or that's something? what i'm saying yeah yeah i mean it's hard because then you can't really you can't really see it as yeah it would have to have like a tuning. screen that comes out or something right sort of pop out a little bit yeah but i'd be okay with that. yeah yeah if you just can't see it that you can't it's just the, that it like it ruins the lines it's like yeah it's like putting a fucking it's like putting a spoiler on top of the spoiler on the back of your yeah. sports car it is it just it it doesn't work for me um it works for him that's great but uh what's your ranking bud give us the freaking arbitrary ranking so i'll give my little uh give us a little spiel my little spiel a little slow at times i probably could have consolidated the last the second and third acts how long was it was uh, it a full it, it was a full doc yeah. it was at least an hour and a half yeah um sad story filled with hope though awesome music and interviews by great musicians which i love everybody they interviewed so mm. for me i was glued to it because yeah. they just those guys are basically narrating the story um, he's, he talks too in it, but, uh, it was cool to see like Chris Cornell talk about him and stuff. Yeah. Um, eight out of 10 love songs. I, I love songs. My, okay. Yeah, Cause you know, love. It's just a good old fashioned yeah. love song. But yeah, so you saw him, he performed with them crooked vultures. Yep, yeah. I did see him with them. Dude. I, can I tell you, I've been on a, a them crooked vultures kick. It's, I've, it's I've listened to the album three times in the last like week. It's, 
I almost it, I almost am a little embarrassed about how much I still love that record. It holds it's up. It's so good, dude. It's what? It's 11 years old or something like Is that? Is it really? Didn't it come out like 2009? That, I don't, I'm, I'm such a Actually, bad judge so that of time, ma- that but would I make don't know. 13 that, years old. That's, that, I can't believe that. Holy yeah. shit. Well, I, I did see, because during the Taylor Hawkins that thing, they mentioned, <laughs> they mentioned they hadn't performed in... Uh, in since 2009, so the record may so have come out 2008. Yeah, or, dude. Wow. Which is crazy because if you listen to it, you're like, this all sounds like it's not dated. It's fresh. It's super fresh. So I actually I remember I like when that record came out, I was just deeply obsessed with it, you know. And uh, I remember like my I was living in this band house at the time and yeah. talking to one of the dudes, and like he's like, oh, what are you listening to? And I was like, oh, them Crooked Vultures. He's like. Still, like yeah. apparently, like I right. already talked you to him about like, it. how I'd already like been so that's deeply in so yeah, funny. Oh, like, that's oh, good. I guess so. Yeah, yeah. I, I guess know. this is. I mean, it, you know, would it's you got put, freaking Zeppelin and freaking Dave Grohl on the drums, and it's freaking Josh Homme. You can't it's argue. Like, it's and not then the plus, best. like you're saying, Alan Alan Johannes, like sort of yeah, not, behind the scenes ish. Yeah, know? yeah. He's not like uh, you know, I I'm, I was even thinking like when I was looking at like photos, he's not in like the photos. It's no, just like it's a the trio. trio. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So I thought that was interesting. But that was kind of his thing. You know, he liked to lay back and just kind of do his thing. Dude, so, I'm so, so glad that you did that one. Yeah, that me too. And, and I felt especially bad. How'd you find it? So while I was watching the Taylor Hawkins thing, I was like, who is that guy? Yeah. And I looked him up and then I was and then it said documentary. Oh. And uh, it just kind of came up in Google. And I was like, awesome. oh, shit, he's got a doc. And I was like, I'll definitely watch that. And the fact that I didn't bring it up last week, I feel terrible about. Just like I didn't even mention his name last week. There was so much in that, dude. Though. We could have done a whole episode. Exactly. That, sure. We absolutely uh, could have. But yeah. So um, watch his doc, Sick, man. Good job. Watch the Taylor Hawkins I'm thing. I'm so watch excited it about that. Get get on board, people. Good job. Let's get into some future gear. I gotta be honest. There's so much gear. I, let's, I don't think we've got. To, I don't. I don't got the energy to get into so much. So much of this. We're gonna make this uh, consolidated. Consolidated. But that said, there are a couple things that I am quite excited about. First off, Korg, freaking hot off the presses, has announced a new drum machine called the Drumlog, which you might be like, oh, that sounds familiar. That That's right, because they've got the mini log, they've got the monolog, right. now they've got the Drumlog, which is a hybrid drum machine with both full analog drum machine built in, okay. as well as a digital multi-engine and expandability via the log SDK used in the mini log XD and other products. That's like essentially a th- like a full on plugin environment. It's okay. Like a, it's like a software synthesizer built into this thing and that you can swap through. And is it, what's the setup? Is it buttons? So one of my favorite, great questions, you know, David, one of my very favorite things about this is that it has physical analog buttons for all the things that I'd probably want them for, including all of the, I think it's, well, here, let me just get into the notes here. It's got a, uh, for the analog part, it's basically got full, like a dedicated, sort of like a TR-808 style uh, kick drum, snare, hi-hats, I think maybe like claps and bongos. It's like a four or five channels of full analog drums, and you've got the full control like you would on an analog drum machine. Because right. it's a real, it is, that's what it is, an analog drum machine for those. Then you've also got a sequencer, and then there's sequencer buttons built in along the bottom. And then there's also these little controls on the side, on, on the front for like, basically they've done such a smart job of adding f- one-to-one buttons for the things that you'd want them for, which is, as I was looking at it, made me think of the drum machine sitting next to you right now, that Nord drum, which mm-hmm. is an analog drum machine. Yeah. But, 
to get to all the different controls is kind of a pain in the butt. You have to like select things individually. It doesn't have one to one buttons for everything. Gotcha. Yeah. And so they did a really good job of adding wow. buttons for that. That's so great. let's get into the notes a little bit more. So um, like I said, it's both analog and digital, which is super cool. Yeah. Um, it can also, by the way, I didn't even say this, play because it's digital, it can play back samples. It isn't a sampler, but you can load in any sound or sample that you want into this machine. So not only does it have the full analog like synthesis being built in to the machine you can then also layer in your own any any sound that you want Whoa. Uh, within within the machine um it also has a uh, third party uh, party plug-in effects so you can like i said with this this it's basically like three sections analog drum machine digital drum machine then this sort of like plug-in environment mm -hmm. where within their own ecosystem you can cycle in full-on synthesizers like a bass and you know or keyboard stabs or whatever it is or just like more different types of drum stuff sure uh it was basically they, they say that it was conceived to provide the ultimate analog song sound for your beats and then also layer in uh the fact that, oh i I'm really burying the lead here. The guy who designed the actual analog drum machine for this is, uh, he's a Korg analog synth team engineer named uh, Yunichi Ikiuchi. He worked on the ARP 2600M, the MS20 Mini, and the ARP Odyssey. Oh, no shit. So he's already, and this he is a fully new yeah. created analog synth engine. It's not like they didn't like pull it from anything else. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, wow. I can't believe I forgot to mention that, <laughs> um, which is really cool. So it's, the thing is, is I can sit here and talk about it until I'm blue in the face. It's got USB connectivity, so you can not only plug it into your computer and run it, you know, full MIDI automation from your DAW or whatever, but it also has, um, an, you can use the, it has a USB-A input, so you can plug in your MIDI controller and then control whatever parameters you want from a separate MIDI controller on nice. in this thing. And it's, and it's not a very big machine. It's like, I'm making, it's like a hardcover book, yeah. you know, sort okay. of size. Um, that it, sounds uh, good. It's, it's, and then, again, on top of all that, it's got effects. It's got reverb. It's got delay. Oh, really? It's got um, this whole digital multi-engine situation that they talk about. 64-step sequencer, four assignable audio outputs, which is a, a huge deal on a drum machine. You want m as many separate outputs as you can get, usually. Sure. Uh, and then I already mentioned the USB. It, it does have the small OLED screen like the other Korg Minilog, uh, monolog stuff as well. So. I am super excited about this Dude. machine. The the proof is in the pudding when you go listen to the, um, the sound demo. clips and yeah. the demo online. It's it sounds awesome. So it really I, has I that, like lens that on it. vintage analog sound. Yeah, but also well, very it can do crazy shit, too. futuristic, crazy stuff yeah. too because it has the whole digital thing. So right. it's like, in my opinion, the best of both worlds for that kind of drum machine situation. Yeah. Uh, currently available for pre order. Favorite part of the show. I get to ask you a question. How much do you think it costs, Dave? Four forty nine. That is a good guess, and I, I think that would have been a better price. It's six hundred. Okay. Yeah. yeah, I think the fact that like it has all the like, you can load all the samples and stuff on mm -hmm. there too. There's they've got to have like hard drive space and yada yeah. yada and stuff. There's on a there. lot so to it. There's a lot to it. Yeah. Um, and I realized I was sort of just like speaking really quickly about it because I'm so excited. But I yeah I'm one hundred percent gonna you need order it. this. You need it. I I'm I'm gonna put it up against that Nord drum and see what happens. Yeah. And then one of them's going on the chopping block. Yeah, probably no. Probably, probably not. Both. <laughs> but uh, speaking of chopping block, I feel like people are a little freaked out about these bad boys. Okay. There's some new orange petals. Mm. And I don't mean the color. Well, I guess I do mean the color. Yeah. I mean the brand. The brand. So they're called the Orange Retro Series. Do you know the deal? Yeah. Do you know the story? Uh, they used to make them, right? Yeah. And they were very popular. There's a sustain. There's so there's a, a reboot. So it's basically in the 70s, and people, they're very rare. They do not make many of them. There right. was, they call it the orange sustain, the orange phaser, and the orange distortion. 
and 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 throughout all the press release and all that sort of stuff they they make numerous zeppelin and song remains the same references without like directly doing it so i think that they're saying that like that's like the the sound of zeppelin these yeah. pedals right yeah the 70s um, like, so the deal is that they're they found the original schematics of these pedals that at time had forgotten about sure and modernized them they put leds on the front which had yeah, I guess the old ones didn't even vintage have pedals no. that don't have them that sucks <laughs> you don't know if it's on or off uh, it's crazy. and dc power input yeah which of course they didn't have back then right um and they're describing orange as orange as the perfect homage to one of rock's golden ages but also ripe for any modern setup yeah and i have to say i do i do think they look kind of cool oh they look awesome. they're orange yeah. they've got the you know they Art so font if you have all three on there cool. very del- delightful matches uh, i will say one thing about the design that i noticed what? and it bothers me oh what is it um the phaser this is this is going to be like some ocd graphic yeah. design shit the phaser has a capital p the other two are all lowercase really Stupid. Don't like that. I don't like it. Don't like that at Dude, all. Dude, they showed all three brain. of them next to each other, and I was like, wait a minute. I did not notice that. It's just like little detail things, and I'm like, how did they drop the that ball? That bothers me so much. Yeah, and, and I get it. The phaser actually is a different layout. It's a one knob, right. and the others are two knobs. Mm-hmm. So maybe they were just trying to be like a little different with it, but if you're supposed to buy all three and put them next to each other, I'm like, this looks weird. Right, so we said there's the orange sustain. That's the overdrive. Yeah. Um, you know, or It's designed to boost the front end of a tube amp. Um, one uh the phaser is one knob as you mentioned already which is kind of their take on a phase 90 sort of situation i think it's a four pole phaser Mm -hmm. and then there is the orange distortion uh which i believe uh that's sort of this is the one that they actually didn't stick to the original schematic okay so much they um they replace the originals back-to-back data design with an amp circuit and a tone stack with hmm. a user a user adjustable treble control on oh, that's there, cool which um i guess it's sort of it's got it's designed to have bite and growl but also like able to get fatter and hotter for sort of modern mm-hmm. deals um I don't know. I haven't played any of these yet. The demo didn't really play the sounds from them. It was just the that one. I only clicked on the phaser one. I didn't look at the other two. Yeah, it's that one guy just talking. Yeah, he's just like, hey, this is Joan. Here's a, here's a pedal. Oh, it's a pedal, mate. It's a pedal, mate, and here it goes. And then it's on Joan, mate. But then I was, I was skipping through. I'm like, all right, well, you know, I can read about the specs. I don't need yeah. to like see a guy talk about it. But then I get all the way to the end and they never did what it sounds like. Yeah. So I, and I, this is from the orange website, by the way, this isn't like, you know, guitar player magazine or something. You know, I'll say that I, I love the products that they make. I feel like that they look great and they sort of sell themselves. They usually. have good marketing. Yeah. But I was, I don't think that they do it. I think they have good design. I don't think that orange really has that great of marketing. Maybe like I, in, yeah, in I misworded. Yeah. They, yeah. they look great. Good design. Yeah. I just have never loved the way that they've been. Presented. How do you not show a, a 30 second lead clip? with that? It only has t- one or two knobs. Like there's, you could do the quickest demo ever of that thing. So here's the thing. I think you're even mentioning there's, there's almost there's not normally so much negative backlash for a new pedal announcement on the internet, but I feel like people are generally kind of negative about these. They are, right and I mean, this is the internet, so yeah. it's filled with a bunch of dickheads. But I will say this: they made some good points. Some of the people that I, you know, some of the comments that I read was, mm-hmm. you know, a lot of people say, "Well, I don't see." Okay, first of all, I love orange. I think their amps are fucking spectacular. I even think the solid state stuff sounds really. They're good. the first amp that I and I would say most of us ever 
lusted over because Dude, 100%. only because they looked cool on stages of bands they that were I saw. so different like mm-hmm. nobody else did a different colored tolex right well yeah. maybe a few small but yeah companies. you'd see like the purple hendrix or, that, thing or whatever but the like, ampeg like the blue was just yeah. or it was just it's, it, was, it's it was just stuck iconic out. yeah the old like uh the video of like stevie wonder was whole bands playing oh, orange backline at for, sesame street I, I agree that that's probably the coolest i'll be honest the thing that for me and i remember it was seeing alkaline trio when i was oh in did they school. play orange they had, they had orange stuff yeah. and i was just like that's the coolest thing i've ever seen Cool or it was probably already cool but it was just like yeah. new to me and mm-hmm. i thought they were the coolest so i was like that's what or seeing I the want. um song remains the same like he's got all the marshals oh, yep. in the one orange head right there one orange head that's or so it cool. might even be a mad amp at that point that, i think it might have been yeah, yeah good good point but anyways um people are you know they're a little upset because i guess these are very expensive well do you know the price well it was in pounds it's i've got the dollars okay what are we talking 249 each oh so that's american dollars mm-hmm. okay i thought it was pounds okay so usually they'll they'll release them at the same for yeah that. um and, the, and and here's the thing people will be like well they sell the freaking other compressor pedal for like 100 bucks cheaper for 100 bucks cheaper and it's got more knobs on it well they're different pedals sure and as far as i can tell these are made in the uk whereas uh, their other ones overseas. are overseas so they're just that's always going to be cheaper very good point that said, to your point, I don't know if I like these or not because I it, it, they didn't make it easy for me to hear them. Yeah, that's the real bummer for me. And that's like what you're that's what you're you're selling I mean, sounds. If you're doing a video, how do you not put what it sounds like? You just yeah. have a guy describing what it sounds like and showing the pedal and showing the pedal and how neat it looks. It's like how you know um, strange books tell and movies show. Yeah, the pedals hear pedals yeah. sound i want to sound i want to hear the pedal i like a guitar maybe i could look at without hearing it, oh yeah you know and be like oh that would that's sexy i want to yeah. look at that but like a pedal you want to hear the you got to hear the pedal what does it do to the sound well yeah and it rarely works where you buy something sight unseen or sight unheard and then like the i, I lucked out with the synth of pedal, you really lucked out. i just thought it looked cool that, well <laughs> like, and and this is this is kind of countering but, my argument then right well, here because it worked out so i well wouldn't recommend you. just buying a pedal because you think it looks cool you yeah. should definitely try to find you know demos it's like it. a it's like a f- trying to find a partner in love you know yeah you want you want to like how they look but you also want to like how what they got inside yeah. you know yeah. and so i'd say it's the same thing for the pedal yeah. but it, it was and, just and much like in life i would say what's inside counts more than what's on the outside yeah absolutely I do. I do wonder what's going on with their kind of marketing department. If they don't, if they don't worry about what it sounds like, because they know people are going to buy it anyways, just because they're fans, you know. Orange definitely has fans that people are going to want, oh, ha- and, and pedal collectors it, yep. are going to want to have those three on it's a shelf true. sitting next to each other because they look cool. They do. But in one, in one other thing, I thought would have been a little more interesting is mm-hmm. had they released this as a limited line, like maybe number each one or something. Put them like in that. a box together. Yeah, or sell them together. Yeah, just like. Something. Boss did that. They were re-released their first three pedals at one point, maybe t- it was like a 25 or I don't even know how long, and then they put them in a box together, and it yeah. was like this special thing, and Orange definitely, maybe they do. I didn't see that if, if they do, though. Um, yeah, I'm not really sure. Or a multi-effect? Ooh. Yeah. Anyways, I was like, I got excited because they look fucking awesome. Yeah. It was the first thing I saw, and then I'm like, what does it sound like? No idea. Don't know. So that kind of bums me out because um, you can find demos, obviously, of the old stuff now, and like people just putting up, you know, demos of what like yeah. their original compressor sounds like and stuff like that. And so. I'm sure the new one's going to sound better, frankly, because yeah, compressor yeah. technology, like we've got cleaner components and yep. stuff now. So, um, and and before we get off pedals, yeah. and I don't know if this is even in anything, what do you got? but the million dollar pedal sold. 
Oh, I was going to ask if you, I didn't see that. Yeah, okay. I think I texted to you, but you might have been flying. Did it sell? For, no, I didn't get I didn't see that. Text. Um, OK, maybe I just forgot then. Um, yeah, it's I mean, they didn't say what it sold for, but it just said this item has sold because I was watching wow. and I got the email and I was like, oh, wow. OK, I can't wait. To, I'm sure I'm sure someone in the, in the journalism world is going to have to yeah. get that. So maybe we can us. get an update for next week on that. But can't wait. Good call. Dude. It's gone. Couple, you know what? There's there's a couple more things. Uh, Fender has just released another addition to the Tone Master series, hmm. which for fans of the Gear Buds, uh, you know, you'll know that we're two band boys around here. But I, I'm a big old fan of the Tone Master series. Okay, those uh, amps where it's basically they made, you know, uh, I think previously it was the Deluxe and the Twin and maybe a Super Reverb as well. Uh, where they took the like basically the exact same technology and then just made it solid state and okay. a lot lighter and they sound fucking awesome. Yes, I recall. They have now added a Princeton reverb to that. Oh, line. cool. So gotta have um, it. Yeah. So, not the thing is, is I feel like one of the main. Not only do they sound great and they're they are cheaper, uh, you know, they're much lighter than their counterparts. So that's like, uh, Princetons aren't that heavy to begin with. Like they're not light amps, but they're still lighter. So I feel like the oh, that, small that benefit too, is yeah. a little bit less necessary for yeah this particular it's a good amp. point um but i didn't realize that they started they've been out since 2019 the uh tone master it's been really three years now no shit um yeah this is the new one it's got the t- a 10 inch uh, jensen so the thing is is a lot of the other uh amps have like a even like a neodymium magnet uh speaker in there to make them even lighter this one just sticks with the actual uh, jensen with a ceramic magnet um because again since it's already kind of light to begin with they didn't have to cut weight Right. With that, so they get to use like the, the normal speaker, which is kind of a, I think, an awesome thing. Um, and I forgot. So not only do, do they sound good and you know, or they're much lighter, but they also have a balanced XLR output and cab sim with two IR cabinet emula- uh, simulation options built go. in. So boom! Not only can you just like hear it, you can also then run direct without throwing a mic in front of it and use the cabinet IRs and sound fucking awesome. Another win for the technology. That's there. right. Uh, comes with the foot switch, so you can switch the reverb. Uh, expected ship date late December. Dave, what are you paying for it? For the Princeton? Man, this is a tough one because I feel like they do, their brand new stuff is like, to me, a little overpriced. It do you know what the print, like a Princeton reverb usually goes for right now? Uh, so like the, like the 68 reissue one yeah. that they have? Um, yeah, I think it's like 1200 or something. 12 or 13. Yeah, so this, there. I'd put this at like 799. 899. Like yeah, perfect. Yeah. All right, cool. Which I, I thought 799 would have been That's, maybe 849. And again, for me, just gear button out, I think for a solid state, Princeton, that's uh, that's very expensive. It's tough, but when when you think again, I want to reiterate that it does have those IR technology yeah. things built in, which is a, which is a, a really awesome feature, and and you can load your own in there, so it's just oh, it's so good. But, that's uh, cool. Love the IRs. One last thing, yeah, to talk about it. Okay, because let's talk about it. It's there. It's related to something sitting next to me right now, and that is that IKEA Calyx shelf that everyone uses for freaking vinyl records. Okay, that's just like the one of the. Like the vinyl record collectors, that's like, like the standard. That's like the standard. Oh, okay, I didn't know that. Um, and and now really nice. uh, IKEA has partnered with Swedish House Mafia, mm-hmm. the DJ duo. Okay, to make a reworked version of that shelf specifically designed for DJs. Really? So not only can it like you'll have it on its side instead of how I have it vertical right now. People all the time do exactly that and then just it. put their turntables and like mixer and stuff on it. Oh, yeah. They work together to optimize it and add a whole oh, bunch of stuff to, cool. to quote unquote remix the Calyx shelf 
to be specifically suited for DJs. And it came out of the pandemic because in the pandemic, I guess Swedish House Mafia, they have this setup where they had like three of them and it would be like one in the middle and then two like off to the oh, sides cool. and that's what they were DJing that's from. The look, yeah. And then because of that, they like r- realized some ways that they could optimize it. And now through this, it's called Obe Gronsod collection, you're going to actually be able to buy that from IKEA. Oh, nice. Yeah. So is it of the three set up like that? No, it's just one. Okay. But I mean, you could buy three of, yeah, course, of course if you wanted yeah. to. But is it just that flipped on its side then or what's what makes yeah, it special? Yeah, so um, it, they're uh, the same size cubes. So, I mean, those are perfect for records. So that yeah. they, didn't ma- they didn't mess with that. It's been, uh, they made it taller because it is kind of short when it's on its side uh, because and that's it makes what i was thinking yeah you'd have to be like bent over hunched yeah. over um it also has an added console storage section at the top designed to house uh, some of your gear your decks synths, controllers and speakers can then sit on the top so it is si- very similar to this but then just like very small thoughtful tweaks made to make it much more optimized hmm. for the uh the, the dj setup so that's cool um yeah i'm i'm actually thinking about it really because you know, i i'm kind of I, I've been really thinking about resetting like the way I have stuff set up yeah. over here and like maybe getting rid of one of these racks, potentially moving this over there on its oh, side yeah. with the could totally with work. the turntable on top That'd of be it. Like the perfect height, actually. So, um, but that said, I mean, so they did make their the DJ one is a little taller though. A little said, taller. Right? Does it have like legs on it? Is I think it might. Do? I don't have a picture in front yeah. of me because they couldn't actually. Make Comes their... out in October, so I, and yeah. I could not find a freaking price. Oh. But in this collection, it's kind of funny. Like I said, it's Obe Grand Sold or however you say in Swedish. It's pretty good. There's a number of things that are included in this collection including an led floor okay you heard me led floor like the whole floor i I guess it comes in sections yep oh like disco uh wall and work lamps a clock stands for laptops tablets speakers and records uh uh, record and laptop laptop bags bags a rug slippers a throw and oh that's hilarious we're doing the whole freaking thing that's cool yeah i like that i know damn pretty cool right yeah man so that's that. That was the uh, the new remixed Calyx. I like that. We don't we don't get uh, give enough love to the DJs around. No, here and, I, and it was fitting because I actually already have it and use it for that purpose. So yeah. it was kind of like let's uh, let's let's get let's go let's get the new one. I you know I've actually never bought new like anything from IKEA. That was actually given to me. I didn't, oh, was I didn't it? Pay for that? Yeah. yeah, I was gonna say. I, no, I have. I'm, I've gotten secondhand IKEA stuff. Yeah, and I don't think I've ever. I think I went to the store once and like bought a hot dog. I've I've certainly helped numerous ex-girlfriends assemble many ikea yeah, beds the old and trip to such or the old trip to ikea you know it one. took until late in my life to actually go go into an ikea for the first time i was it's probably, like, from the I was probably like in my like early 30s yeah it's 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 out there well buddy dude that was a good one i'm man. tired of talking now yeah I'm, I'm not used to talking so much my throat's a little hoarse you did great horses for courses and uh yeah it was really i'm really happy i got to see you thanks for yeah again, for you too man i'm glad you're back safe and uh yeah, yeah it was nice watching the cat and all that stuff all so. that good stuff well friends if you made it to the end of this beefer of an episode mm-hmm. why don't you go make some music <laughs>